morning and welcome to our Daily Word and Prayer. My name is Tom Short, so glad to have you along today on this special day because we've got a lot of neat verses we're going to see about the love of God. I must confess right at the very beginning, as I've been saying is about all the attributes of God, we only know the tip of the iceberg experientially. We can read the Bible and we believe the verses, but the experience of it is a lifelong journey. And indeed, I've been following Christ for 50 years, and I still feel like such a novice in the knowledge of God. There's so much more to experience of Him and understand of who He really is. And indeed, I believe it will be a lifelong experience. I believe throughout all of eternity, we'll be growing more and more in the experiential knowledge of God. Who we worship and follow by faith now will one day be sight, will see His face, but even then, we'll have so much more to learn. We're talking about the love of God, and if there's any area that I feel like I need to know more about, it is the love of God. And this morning, I want to talk about the emotional side of the love of God. Yesterday, we stressed that God's agape love is a decision. It's a commitment. It springs from the heart of God. It's not based on his feelings. It's based on his nature. And he calls us to love others in the same way as well, not based on how we feel like it. Do I, do I want to love them? Do I feel like loving them? But rather, it's to be a commitment, often self-sacrificial, that is difficult and hard, and we don't feel like. As Jesus was on the cross, no one can say he was enjoying that, but his love compelled him to go there, even though it was a difficult thing, a hardship that he experienced for us and indeed for the joy set before him. But even though God's love is not based on his emotions, does not mean that God is not emotional. We're made in his image, we have emotions, and, and we can assume that God has emotions as well. Indeed, we'll look at some Bible verses that tell us. Let's look at some right now. And you may want to jot these down, memorize them. Most of these verses we're looking at today, um, I learned songs to in my early Christian life, and they got deeply embedded in my heart. And I'm so grateful for that. Let's start with Isaiah 30, verse 18. Therefore, the Lord longs to be gracious to you. And therefore, he waits on high to have compassion on you. For the Lord is a God of justice. How blessed are all those who long for him. That's right. God longs to have compassion on people. That's emotion, my friends. That's something that comes from his heart. That's not just some stoic God up there that has no feelings, no emotions. It's certainly not like what I thought maybe when I was a kid, that God's just like a giant computer up there that processes requests and spits out answers. No, God longs to have compassion. This speaks of the heart of God and his heart towards you and towards others. Our God is waiting on high to have compassion on people. What an awesome God. How about this one? Zephaniah 3, verse 17. The Lord your God is in your midst, a victorious warrior. He will exult over you with joy. He will renew you in his love. He will rejoice over you with shouts of joy. That's what our God does. You are you who are saved. You and I who are his children. We are his we are his triumph. 
where his victory, he's won us. He has rescued us from the domain of darkness. He has plundered us out. He's plundered the devil's kingdom. And he's brought us out of that and into his. He has bound the strong man and made us his own. He's emptying out hell and he's filling up heaven. This is what our God does. And he rejoices over us as a trophy, as his victory, that he has won us out of darkness, out of evil, out of the out of Satan's domain and brought us into his very kingdom. What an awesome thing. You are, a, you are an object lesson of God's grace and mercy. You are a trophy that he displays and he exalts over you, rejoices over you with shouts of joy. Think for a moment about a team that wins the big game. Think for a moment about the team that, that jumps up and down when the field goal is made in the final seconds. And, the, and everybody's rejoiced and exciting. That's how God's shouting over you, rejoicing over you, exulting over you. Our God is like that. He's, he's okay, how about you say, well, I can't, I wasn't into sports and I wasn't a victorious warrior who went out and won a battle. Is there something else I can experience? Well, how about this one? He says, as the bridegroom rejoices over the bride, so your God will rejoice over you. That's Isaiah 62.5. In my email last night, I mis, mis, gave the wrong reference, Isaiah 65.5. But no, the reference, Isaiah 62.5, as the bridegroom rejoices over the bride, so your God will rejoice over you. Have you been to weddings? Have you seen how that bridegroom just beams with when his bride turns a corner and starts walking down the aisle and he sees her? Oh my goodness, I know I was like that, and I've been to many a wedding where I look over at the, everyone's eyes are on the bride as she walks down the aisle. Look at the bridegroom sometime. See what's going on in his eyes, on his face, in his smile, in his rejoicing. There's probably tears in his eyes. He's rejoicing over her, and God rejoices over you in the same way. That's emotion, my friends. That's emotion. That's not a God who's just stoic. That's not a God who just is, is, stands there like a military commander with no emotion whatsoever. That's a God who loves us and cares for us and is emotional towards us. I often think if we want to understand the emotion of God, or basically even the nature of God, we should carefully look at the life of Jesus Christ. Because Jesus, when he came to earth, he he, he he laid aside his privileges, and so he had to live as a human being. He was not he was not at the time he was not experiencing or utilizing omniscience, omnipotence, the omnipresence. Obviously, he was confined to a body. These things, these the these attributes, some of the attributes of God we've been studying, Jesus laid them aside. This is the mystery of the incarnation, but he never laid aside the nature of God, the the very life of God, who God is. And if you want to see the heart of God and the life of God, the nature of God, we want to study the life of Jesus Christ carefully. Look at what it says here about him. Jesus tells a parable. He says in Luke that he had come to seek and to save the lost. And people didn't understand, why were you, why are you like eating with tax collectors? Why are you letting an unholy woman touch you? And Jesus said, he tells the parables in Luke 15 of the, the, the woman with the lost coin, the 
shepherd with the lost sheep and the man with the lost son. Woman had 10 coins and one was lost. She searched diligently for it. The shepherd had 100 sheep. One was lost. He left the 99 to search for the one. The man had two sons and one went off to the far country where he squandered all that he had and he came back. And Jesus says this in this parable, I tell you, there's joy in the presence of the angels of God over one sinner who repents. That's right. There's celebration. Like we said earlier, it's a victory over one sinner who leaves the domain of darkness and comes into the kingdom of God. There's joy, just like that woman who found her lost coin or that shepherd who found his lost sheep or that dad who found his lost son. Later on in the end of the, the chapter, Luke 15, the father's talking to the son about to the son who didn't leave, the, the good son, who didn't understand why there wasn't a party thrown for him and why there wasn't excitement about him. He'd always been good. He'd always been faithful. But why, why now did they do all these things for the son who'd been bad and squandered all this father's wealth and had, and had disobeyed his father and the, the loyal son? Why was he not celebrating that way? And of course, the father did remind, did tell him that he was. But notice what the father says to the son about the, the one who repents and comes back. We had to celebrate. We had to celebrate and rejoice. For this brother of yours was dead and has begun to live and was lost and has been found. Oh my goodness, friends, that's the heart of God. And don't do you see the emotion in that? This son of yours, this brother of yours was dead. He's begun to live. He was lost. He's been around. We had to celebrate. We had to rejoice. That's the heart of God. In Scripture, I don't know how you picture Jesus. I have, I've enjoyed watching this, this series, The Chosen, and seeing the emotion of Jesus, the joy that he has, and, the, and, the, and so forth. But there's two times in the Bible that Jesus wept. One is found in John eleven thirty five. Jesus wept because Lazarus had died. He knew that this was the plan of God. He knew that he was going to raise Lazarus. He knew there was going to be a mighty victory. But when he ran into Mary and Martha and their grief and their sadness, he loved Mary and Martha. And, when he, and with their grief, he wept. Can you imagine that? He was about to raise Lazarus from the dead. He was about to do a mighty miracle, but his heart was breaking because he saw the pain of Mary and of Martha, these two sisters. And then one other time when Jesus was approaching Jerusalem, he saw the city and he wept over it. He knew the judgment was going to come. He knew what was happening because they, they were going to reject him. He was going to come as their Savior, the Messiah, and they would have nothing to do with him. And he wept over the city. We're going to be in Jerusalem in a couple of weeks. Those are going to Israel with me. And I can picture now standing over the old city up there on the Mount of Olives, looking over the city and thinking of how Jesus wept over what was coming and wept because they had hardened their heart, turned from God, rejected him. Well, there's, this leads to one other aspect of the heart of God. I often ask, you know, I ask students on campus, particularly Muslims, can we hurt God? And they are adamant, no way. Now, I don't mean can we hit him in the you know, face and give him a bloody nose or something like this. But you know what Scripture says? In Ezekiel 6, 9, then those who escape will remember me among the nations to which they have been carried captive. How I have been hurt 
by their adulterous hearts, which turned away from me, and their eyes, which played the harlot after their idols. Have you ever known someone whose spouse cheated on them? How they were hurt by that? Yes, that's what God says. Not only does he rejoice over us when we are saved, but when we turn away from him like an adulterer would towards our own idols, he's hurt as someone who's been cheated on. It's what the book of Hosea is about. He, like Israel had cheated on God, like Hosea's wife had cheated on him and gone and played the harlot. My friends, we have an emotional God that we serve. He loves us deeply, longs to show us compassion. You can affect the heart of God. He's vulnerable to you because he loves you. And indeed, you can bring joy to the heart of God. You can bring him sadness. Father in heaven, we thank you today that you are a God who loves us and has actually made yourself vulnerable to us. Your emotions are affected by our faith, our love, our response, our obedience. You're always reaching out to us. And we thank you. You rejoice over us. You long to be compassionate. You are a God who shouts over us with shouts of joy. But you're also a God whose heart can be hurt and you can weep and you can be grieved when we sin against you and turn away from you. Oh, Father, we confess that we've done that way too often. And today we freshly turn to you, receive your mercy, your forgiveness, your love, and tell you it's our deep, deep desire to grow in our love for you and to have that commitment and that emotion towards you as you do towards us. Oh, might we know you in a deeper and deeper way. Might we always be growing in the grace and knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. And to you we pray and give you this day. Amen, amen, and amen. Wow. Thanks for being with me today, folks. You know, the Word of God's powerful. It speaks to our heart. I hope this message has spoken to you. I hope you experience and know the love of God. We come here every day, and so I invite you to join us. If you're new today, I hope you'll subscribe to our channel, like the video, leave a comment, introduce yourself, and share this with your friends. To those of you who are here every day, you share with your friends as too. Leave a comment as well. But I love you, and I know, hope you'll know the love of God in a deeper and deeper way. Might we comprehend the incomprehensible love of Jesus Christ. God bless you. I look forward to seeing you tomorrow. And until then, might you be filled with the love of God. I love you. We'll see you tomorrow. Bye-bye.